welcome to another podcast episode, Rose and Thorn with... I, I literally thought oh. you were going to name the episode, like episode nine, and I was like, how would you know that? <laughs> like, this is some manga, manga, yeah, yeah. manga podcast. Well, once we get Konnichiwa. to a certain, once we get Welcome. to a certain level, where it's just like, hey, episode one hundred, well, like air horns and balloons. And this whatnot. is episode three, the story of the Amish butter churning. Oh, wow! You know those Amish Christian love stories that all the Christian ladies love? No, I don't. Well, you go to parables; they have a whole uh, they have a whole section. Oh, Amish love stories. Oh, we used to work with somebody who used yeah. to be in those. Okay. My yeah, theory, yeah, yeah. my theory is that is the Christian equivalent of Harlequin romances. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So like uh there she was, Beulah, <laughs> looking down the aisle. In the, in the barn where Jedediah was churning butter. Oh, how he was churning that butter. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. She sweat, then went to confession. <laughs> like, she sweat? She was nervous. Oh, I don't my know. goodness. I should write these things. <laughs> they would be amazing. I should write these things. Jedediah with his hat, black and brimmed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Perspirating from the full-on churning. Wow. Wondering in his mind... If later on in that day, he would have to rehoof the horses. Maybe we should do some sort of live reading. <laughs> One of these podcasts, just we. <laughs> you do your two accents. <laughs> I do. Beulah, where are you now? <laughs> like it just keeps going. Ah, right. oh, Jedediah, I was in the barn. Like, and all I can think is weird now. Anyway, wow. we're yeah, talking about too. Rose and yeah. Thorn, uh, and this is our our series. We uh, went off on some good stuff on the weekend, Psalm one thirty nine. Uh, so, I mean, tell us, Pastor Matt, where you were uh, th- wanting to go from here, because Sunday there was quite a bit of um, of chatter around this particular topic for you and I. Yeah. So I think, how do we expand out on that? Okay. So I, I had this, I had this f- thought today. I can't get the Jedediah voice out of I, my head. I'm, anyway, I'm you had picturing weird. I, I apologize. Um, no, okay. So I had this thought today and, and this is going to sound really, um, normal okay Okay. it's gonna sound really like almost duh it's gonna sound really like not dumb but just sound like like so common (laughs) like so like honestly bombay you're just thinking about that now wow okay 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 so uh, question okay have you ever read something in the bible or seen a movie or, you know, pick, pick something where you've done it, read it, seen it, whatever, multiple, multiple times, listen to a yeah. song multiple times. And however many times you've read it, seen it, heard it, one time hmm. that thing just pops up, something pops up new. And, and obviously scripture is very different than that sure. too because it, it's, it's living in it and it has this way of, of speaking to us when we need it to in, in yeah. our moments and stuff. But... 
Have you ever had that? Like, you're like, whoa, 100%. where the heck did that come from? Okay. I had that moment today. Oh, tell okay. me more. So we're talking about Psalm 139. We're mm-hmm. talking about David writing a psalm. And in this psalm, he is going on on the front end about, you know, you know me, Lord. You've made me. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm all these things that you have blessed me with. I'm blessed mm-hmm. and highly favored. And then he has this spastic moment. Kill them. Where he's yeah. like, I hate them. Kill them. Like, I hate them. You want me to hate them, right? Because you hate them. And if they hate you, then I should hate them. And we should hate them together. And, and he goes on this weird tangent and then goes, oh, but search me, oh God, and know my uh, heart. Know my heart. <laughs> okay, this is, this is my, <laughs> which is crazy. But th- this is, my, this is my, my thought. Okay. Okay. Do you think. God made us so that we would never truly attain the image of what biblically we're supposed to be. And that we as humans yeah. are always trying to attain that. Yeah. And it's this like gerbil in a wheel thing mm. because I don't think, okay, here, here's my thought. Okay. I just had this epiphany. We're never good enough. We will <laughs> never be good enough. No, we will. There's no way. There's no way that yeah. we are going to achieve our idea of what Jesus well, what Jesus has laid out and what we have pictured in our minds to be as Christians. And there's no way we're ever going to achieve that. And so for us to like even ridicule or rebuke or look at someone like David is almost hypocrisy. Because I am so like him. (laughs) I am like in a moment, I love everybody. And in the next moment... You know, those guys can go to hell. I said it. I said it. Or, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, you you, you have these, like, and and when I was wrestling through all this today, I was like, you know, but what's so stupid about it for me is that I I knew this all along. Yeah. But it's just like this aha moment. It's like, you know, maybe it's it's a fuller, it's a a greater understanding of grace, but it, it goes beyond that because it's like, it's almost like, now I'm not saying God is this, but this is how my mind works. Okay. I think it's like God put it out there and said, I'm just going to see if these guys can even wrap their head around the fact that nothing they do, nothing they say, no matter how they act, because I know they're going to act like idiots. Yeah. I'm just going to see if they're going to still try to save themselves. And then sat back with popcorn and watched how, how we just, how we are. Yeah. Not alone messed it up, but just how we are. And it was, for me, it was just like this, like thunderous smack in the forehead. Like, whoa. Like we put David on, on a pedestal. Oh yeah. But David is. He's messed up. He's, he's just like me, man. The guy walked out on a balcony one day and said, hey, that's a naked woman. 
I want to be with her. I'm the king. I get what I want. Oh, I, th- I thought you said this is something you did. No, no. I, I was like, what? No, no, no. I don't. Your I don't, balcony's not that I tall. <laughs> I don't have a balcony that's that big, <laughs> and I'm not a king. Yeah. So, but like, but when you when you boil it down, it's a very human emotion. It's 100%. a very, and like, and yet God said, "This is a man after my own mm-hmm. heart." Like for me, it was like. <laughs> Yeah, mind blown. And then I just sat down and stared off into the, <laughs> the void, the, the, the eternal void for a couple minutes. Because yeah. it, it was shocking to me. Well, I, but I, but I think that's what Psalms or a Psalm is supposed to do. Like everything you experienced out of Psalm one thirty nine, like that's the point. Because ultimately, the way. David writes or Asaph or whoever, these are emotional expressions of somebody's heart towards God. Right. So the very fact that people look at the expression of somebody's heart with indignation, like they're like, how could he ever say that out? Oh, there's that accent again. Um, to me blows my mind because exactly what you're saying. Like we're all there. Okay. But, but growing up now, I know you didn't grow up fully in church like I did, but growing up in, in in kind of faith. Yeah. Yeah. There was a party though, right? Like anytime anybody screws up. (sighs) Yes. Right. Any, anytime somebody messed up that their walk with the Lord or they screwed up Mm -hmm. or they, they said or did so they dressed the way they shouldn't. We became these kind of dignified professional Christians were like, you know what, Lord, you don't need to even uh, judge them. I got this for you. Well, it's like, so, so I had, I have this guy that I know he was pastoring, doing his thing, uh, got married, you know, they were pastoring in a, in a major Canadian city. Some stuff went down. It was bad. Very hurt. They left for another city to pastor in. And then uh, I would say maybe six months ago, like he, he came out of the closet. And the amount of community they had around them prior was massive. Like, oh, they were hurt. They were all these other things. People were supporting them and being around them and making sure everything was okay. But then the minute this person doesn't, match up to the value system or... Oh, you mean look, the top five deadly Christians? Yeah, like, like looks looks a, looks <laughs> a certain way, acts a certain way. Like, irregardless of how people feel theologically about that individual based on belief system, right? they're still a human being. Eh. And so, Whoa. <laughs> well, and no, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I know, that's that, how, and that's how people would, would perceive it. Yeah. And that's how they did react. Right. Because instead of allowing space to now like invest in a way that was equal to what was prior, they just got dumped. And is that because the perception of that person was that they were following this attainable, um, hundred percent vision of Jesus. And, and, and I mean, very angsty person beforehand, but, but I, I think the thing is like, there was still, you're acceptable to us because you haven't crossed any boundaries or done anything crazy. Right. And I think like when you read a Psalm 139, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. 
look at me. I look so good. Thank you for making me looking so good. But kill them. I want. I don't like them. So imagine getting up on a Sunday morning, and and preaching to your congregation, and in the middle of your sermon, saying, "Hey, and by the way, the following bunch of people, I don't like you. Yeah. I I I want to smash your rock your head upon rocks. I but, I hate you actually. But that but that's the point, right? David is actually being, uh, if not racist. Uh, bigoted towards all of these people that he did, de- like uh, of other uh, those of, people who he he deems uh, to not love God and and yeah. his God's enemies. So he's yeah. like, I hate you all because God hates you. Whoa, what? Yeah. Which Whoa. is very um, like you know, the tension we ride the the rose and thorn mm-hmm. of understanding in the New Testament. It's all about love, mm. right? It's all it's all about love your neighbor, love your enemy. Yep. And so this this interesting contrast, and yet in 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 reality, even in the New Testament, David is more like us, right? The Old Testament, if, for, well, yeah, like from a oh, New Testament I, I perspective, yeah, yeah, right? Okay. He David is more like us. He he has real bad days where he wants to kill oh, yeah. people, and he, he probably goes through a major depression and goes through major frustrations, and and wants to do all kinds of things to people and. And then in the next moment says, you know, but God, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, like I'm search so my heart. I'm so wonderfully made. I'm so wonderfully made. Yeah. It's just such a weird. It's a tension. It's a weird tension. And then to have this moment that no matter what he does anyways, which could also have the opposite effect because you do have those fatalists. Those people are like the, the Ecclesiastes of the world yeah. who are like, well, then what's the point? What's the point? Everything's meaningless. Why would I even try to become more like Jesus? Yeah. Because if I can never attain that, then I'm, I'm just going to go to my garden and eat worms. Yeah. And I, th- I think it's being able to be in a healthy medium. Like, what I mean is when you look at the old Testament, like David is just throwing it out there, throwing it all out there. This is how I feel. This is what I'm doing. I hate these people. These people are stupid, whether they're, you know, enemies from a different land or a different, you know, part of this space or whether it's in my own country and they hate me. Like I hate them. They're so stupid. Look, dumb. He's throwing it all out there. Yeah. And I think, and this is what we were saying on Sunday, like there is a place for that. Yeah. I th- Honesty I, with the Lord. I, I, th- I think God's shoulders are broad enough to handle all of your crazy emotions. They are like, like he, he is like, he's, he is big enough, able enough. He knows, he knows that you're going through what you're going through anyway. So, you know, why try to hide it and be, uh, you know, act like, well, you don't know that I'm going through this and I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shock you with what uh, I'm about to say, or even try to, to press it down in a way where you're like, mm, but look at how good you've been to me. Like, I, like, right. I, I think yeah. that comes. And I think you, you actually set out a pattern on Sunday that was very helpful. So, you know, you went to emotional, this is where I am. But then the next part was, was like admitting it. Yep. Okay, so the first part was admitting, yep. you know, you you have this emotional blow up, blow up, and then it was kind of reshaping it, reforming yep. it to okay, well, what does this really perspective shape? You know, shape. 
okay, why am I acting this way? Why am I truly acting this way? Why am I feeling these things? And we do this with, with everything in life, right? Like, you know, oftentimes when somebody's really consistent in their life and then they have a blow up, you're like, you know what? Chances are that's not me saying hi to them. Wasn't the root of, of that issue. So we kind of reshape, we reform, um, and, and then the last one was like, kind of, I didn't want to say the word repent. Well, it was very churchy. Sure. But like this idea of, okay, well, what am I going to do to like, what's the next step to give it to God and reform it and resend it back to God. Right. And, yep. and, and just kind of figure out, okay, like this was a thing that set me off. This was a frustration, a feeling I'm having. What do I need? What do I need to do to give that back to God to to allow Him to work with it and work with me? Well, so so at work, there's a there's a guy named Sir John Whitmore. So one one of the one of the main um, you know S team members. So sorry, his name is he Sir Sir John Sir Whitmore. Okay, wow. Uh, so. He, he he developed a framework around like growth, um, growth performance in okay. uh, in the workplace. Anyway, and he's got this thing called the Grow Model, and so the idea is it's an acronym, you know. So each each letter represents something. So goal, reality, um, uh, options. So what does that look like from where you're going to the will to actually make that thing happen? Okay. But the R bit is the hardest in kind of how you you coach and mentor people. Right. And the reason is because when it gets to the reality bit of it, people have a difficult time with really being honest about where they currently are. Right. So it, it gets to the space where I think the reason why sometimes we can't be honest with God is because we don't really want to be honest with ourselves about right. where we are. Sure. So we keep repressing things. And the more you repress things, the more it's like, oh, well, look at how good I am because I'm repressing it. And then you see somebody like a David in the Psalms who's just like blows up and you're like, how God awful is this? Right. But we've, we've seen that through history in the last 30, 40 years of, of evangelical church where, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, as a pastor's kid, I grew up and sometimes it'd be all hell breaking loose at home just before we get in the car and there'd be fighting with my sisters and all that kind of stuff. And the minute you walk in the door, you repress all of those feelings you put on your Sunday best and your smile. We don't want anybody else to know in the community that we could be struggling, that we could have an issue because we're probably fearful Mm -hmm. that the, the eyes of judgment, the eyes of criticism, the eyes of, well, they're not perfect or they aren't like we pictured them to be like Jesus themselves, that that comes to fruition. And then, you know, there's all kinds of slings and arrows being shot our way. And, and I think what's so great about the grow model, as well as with how God takes care of us is ultimately until you get to that reality portion, you can't move past it. Right. So until you're honest about where you are, until you face where you're at currently and you you actually take a moment to feel, think through, acknowledge and actually be realistic about where you are, you can't you can't move where you need to go 
until you've dealt until you realize exactly where you're at. Currently. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a very controversial sure question. Sure, okay. I love controversy. Do you think I don't want to say most Christians? So, mm-hmm. do you think that there is some. a a some Christians who knows how many five more? Okay, think <laughs> that they're better quote-unquote, like air quotations, they're better Christians than what they actually are. 100%. 100%. And is that, is that because they're not... Like, I know people who believe that they are these deep spiritual faith people. Yep. And I know because I've had conversations with them. They don't read their Bible. No. They're not praying very often. Maybe a meal here and there. Like there's no spiritual formation stuff in their in their life at all. Yeah, and yet they they I think they truly believe they are one with the Lord. Yeah, and they're not. And so that's the R, right? Isn't it a hundred percent? Right. And and I think that's the thing. They can't move past what it is that they need to do in their own lives because they have now been stuck at this place of not actually being vulnerable with themselves and with God. Because as much as you can be like, I'm, I'm checking off all the boxes, like I'm doing all the things, like I'm great. Okay. But is that what your faith is about? Checking off little boxes? Or is it about actually letting God speak to you in a way where you're constantly at that R piece to move forward to where you need to go, right? Like, the thing is, we say this all the time, like, God loves you. There's too much, but yeah. God loves you too much to leave you as you are, right? And we're like, oh, that's so true. He is such a good God. I'm trying to change my voice now. (laughs) Fran Dresha. Yeah, right. But it still sounds the exact same accent. So, you know, God is so good. He loves me so much. Uh, How lavish is his love for me? We say all that stuff. and we're Oh, yeah, that's so great. Yes, he loves me too much to leave me where I am. But instead of pulling a David and being like, yeah, I know I'm fearfully wondering, but I hate these people. Like, I don't like them at all. Could you hate? Do you hate them? Because if you hate them, I hate them. Right. Right, like I'm and, allowed to hate them. Yeah, and going off on it and yeah. telling you how bad I hate them so much and, and how and much just, I want to kill them. Just for context, this isn't the only time that David oh, goes off. No. Okay, so like this isn't no. like for those out there who are like, well, it only really happened one time. No, no. no. L- let's go through all the characters that do this stuff. Jonah. Hey, I want you to go preach in Nineveh. No, I don't want to. I hate those people. Yeah, like uh, oh. Jacob and Esau. Yeah. Oh. I hate my brother. I'm going to kill him. What? Oh, Cain and Abel. You know what? You showed me up, jerk. I'm going to break your face. Like, there's so many of those stories where people are not able to face themselves that it prevents them from getting to where they need to go. And then there are all these moments where it's like, oh, if you would have just been honest, like a David, for example, you can now move into a place where you are a person after God's own heart. And what does that even mean? Because when God is, when you look at David, you're like, how is this guy? Is it is it the equivalent of having um, like Instagram <laughs> and that person has like 25 million followers? Yeah. But they only follow 
You? Yeah. Are you a man after that guy's yeah. home? Is I, that what that is? I don't know. But oh. but I think the, the point with with God's, like a man after God's own heart is David all throughout, if you look at his story, he's willing to face himself over and over again. After he friggin' sleeps with Bathsheba, uh, which you should go read that, the scandalous. Uh, and then he kills her husband. Mm. He's, he thinks he's okay. He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sleep with this woman for the rest of my life now. Her husband's gone. Oh. I'm gonna hit that. Oh, now you got a, another accent there. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I did that. Okay. And, it's, it's a gangster from <laughs> you. Like, okay, uh, and then, like, and then there's this prophet guy, Nathan, that comes through and is like, let me tell you a story about a guy with a sheep, a lamb, uh, or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. Go, I don't remember. But, uh, and then, you know, oh, the sheep got stolen. Somebody stole the sheep, yada, yada. He took it away from the, from the, the original owner. And David's like angry. How dare you? Who was who this guy? Kill him. He's insane. And then Nathan goes, it's you. It's You're the you. guy. And then all of a sudden, David's like, shoot. Yeah. I am the guy. And then he goes into himself, goes into a small depression, like it, it evaluates his own life. And I, I, I he loses his son, loses his son. It, it's all bad. Yeah. Like, and, and, but I think that's the beauty of David is he goes through all of these emotional highs and does all this craziness and whatever else. And in the end, even when he thinks he's right, he still makes room for God to call him out on things and to find that R in the grow model to then move into where he needs to go. And, and I think he's willing to stop and to realize like, ah, shoot, I did mess up here. Oh shoot! I did feel that. Like he never got. I mean, the death of a son obviously will. Oh yeah, mess you up. But he never got to a point where his heart wasn't turned to God somehow, and wasn't repentant, and wasn't. It wasn't soft enough that he couldn't hear what the Lord was speaking to him, even if it did take. A long time. A long time or a prophet or somebody else. Where some of us, I think, and and sometimes even in my own life, we're we're so shut off from the Lord, not necessarily intentionally, but just with the busyness of life, the the loudness of life, the constant uh, distractions of life that that God doesn't have oftentimes uh, opportunity to speak to us. Mm-hmm. So we're closed off that way, and then we're we're just like, well, well, I'm good, you know, I'm I'm good not because I'm doing the things I should, yeah. I'm good because I'm not doing the things I shouldn't, I shouldn't, right? At least I'm not doing no, I mean, I'm not murdering anybody, I'm not that's defrauding, you know, government. I'm not, you know, sleeping with Bathsheba, I'm I'm not doing any of these things, so I must be, you know, I'm like, I'm doing the, okay, I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay, I'm doing, I'm doing good. Meanwhile, you, you know you have so much anger and all that stuff. And I think to tie it together then, right? Like is instead of actually facing it, we suppress it. And what we're saying is this is the rose and thorn piece of it is yes, God is good. And yes, he wants to see you grow. And yes, there's all this other stuff that is great and wants to happen on this end. But there's this other part of it where you do have to actually face the thorns in your life so that you can actually move into the spaces that are beautiful and good. 
That was amazing. You know? That was that was amazing. <laughs> you you brought it all together like a a beautiful rose. Until you face the thorns, you can't see the rose. <sighs> Kiss from a rose a seal. on the grave. Ooh. Ooh, Space Jam. Great time <laughs> alone anyway, the question is, what thorns do you have to face? Not you, but the people listening. Hmm. Well, I have thorns. I have thorns yeah. that, that can lead to the good things of the rose. Because they're, they're, it's there. Yeah. But before you can actually enjoy the good, the fulfillment of it, the growth... You have to deal with what's in front of you. And David, what I love about him is that he does deal with it, whether it's Mm -hmm. delayed or it's right there and then because he hates people and he's acknowledging it and then he's telling God to search him right there and there in the same psalm. Like, I think, irregardless, there's a willingness to do that. And to be honest, one one of the thorns that we have Mm. is trying to figure out how to end... Every podcast. No, I, I got it. I okay. got it this week. Hit, me with, hit me with it. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We appreciate you so much. If you would go ahead and go to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe. <laughs> okay. You sound like my kids now. Yeah. Walking around. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> hit that like. Follow us on Instagram, yeah. South Point Church, or yeah. on Facebook. Fantastic. If you'd like to give, give us a million dollars. We're not going to say no We to will it. take a million. Uh, come on. <laughs> if you have lottery winnings, we'll take those. Click that bell. <laughs> Click that bell. If you have crypto, we'll take that. Ooh, it's a lot like of crypto, pay. Crypto, yeah. I'm going to put it in. Anyway. Bye. Bye.